0: Again, this is titled, Ready or Not, Rapture to Revelation. Ready or Not, Rapture to Revelation, Part 2. And, you know, I started off last week describing how... That we are in the last times, we are in the end days. How many believe that this morning? That just by what's going on in in the news, what's going on in your life, possibly, you're you're in uh, full awareness that we are living in the last days. Well, the other thing too is that I had described in in our lives. We want to know as people where we're going. We, we, we have to be aware of where we're going, especially spiritually speaking. We need to be aware where are we going. And as believers, our hope, our goal is heaven. Amen? Amen? Amen. Uh, that wasn't loud enough for me. If, if our hope is what? In heaven. In heaven, exactly. As believers, we need to be excited about that. Yes. We're going to heaven one day. That's our great hope. And so in life, we need to know where are we going how are we getting there? And you know, I just shared something last night. A few of us from church were able to get go, or go to that corn maze in Dixon last night. And was that fun or what? That was fun. And they give you a little map of this huge corn maze. And you got to get from the beginning all the way to the end through all these little figures and or mazes. And um, it can be very frustrating, especially when it gets dark like it was for us, right? It's dark. So you're like with a flashlight and the corn is probably what nine feet high easily so you can't see on the other side and so the the point there that I'm trying to make is we needed a map to know where we're going Well, how many are thankful this morning that you have a map known as the Word of God that will direct your paths? Amen? We have the Word of God that is going to direct our paths. And, you know, I didn't know this map until I was an older adult, you know, and I came onto this scene, you know, much older. I wasn't born and raised into this. And, And looking back in hindsight, I'm thinking, man, that would have been wonderful if I could have gone to youth camps and done this and done that. I, didn't, I don't know that experience of what it's like to be raised in church, but what I do know now is my wife and I have raised our girls in that environment, and they've gone to those church camps. They are living that life that um, has been a blessing to them and a blessing to, to their parents as well. So part of that is knowing where you're going, and we're trying as parents to do our best job in guiding them, guiding ourselves to that goal, that ultimate destination of heaven. Amen? Amen. We're, we're on our way to heaven. Because as my brother Ed says, the alternative, hell is no joke. That's right. It's a reality, people. It's a reality here today. But I'm not here to talk to you about hell. I'm not here necessarily to sh- talk to you about heaven, so to speak. But I do want to talk to you about God's timeline. So if we have that thing, thank you. How many remember this from last week? It's a little timeline chart I, want, I put up, and I'm going to continue this thought this morning, but all of us here are on a spiritual journey. We have promises in that word that we can trust in, but here's the reality. Again, not one of us have tomorrow promised, do we? Not one of us have tomorrow promised. In fact, Uh, You know, I know that because I've shared this story with you before. My son passed at the age of 20. At the age of 20, you don't think your life is going to be over like that. You think you have another 60, 70, 80 years possibly, right? And so none of us have tomorrow promised. Here's a little statistical fact because I like numbers, all right? The average life expectancy of a man in the United States is 76 years of age. I'm sorry to hear tell you that if you're close to that age. Sorry to say that, but that's exactly, that's the average life expectancy for a man in the United States that translates to 27,740 days just in case you're wondering. For men, for women, excuse me, it's 81 years of age. That's the average life expectancy. Women outlive men on the average, not always. And that translates to 29,565 days for a woman. So what I did was, I got my age Times 365 equals so many days subtracted from the average, and I'm going, "Whoa, I only have 7,300 and something days left, you know? And for you, it, that number might be greater. Some of you might be lower. But the thing here is, none of us have those days guaranteed. Not a one of us, none of us have tomorrow guaranteed. We could go across the street and get hit by a bus. You know, uh, God forbid, but again, the point of that is is that life is short, life is short, and what you 're doing today will make uh, eternal consequences for you, amen, good or bad, positive or negative so here 's the thing: God loves you so much though he wants to spend the rest of your life with with him, He wants to spend the rest of his life with you. He loves you so much. He sent his son, right, to die for you. But many of us as believers, we're we're just happy to to come to church, you know. I want to instill in you the fact that God wants and desires an intimate relationship with you. And when you look at a timeline like this, we're living right in the middle where it says church age. That's where we're living at right now. These events in the past have occurred. And what we're going to talk about today is the rapture and what happens during the rapture as far as the believers are concerned, okay? So, here's the thing. I want you, well, you don't need to turn to this, but our scripture verse this morning in James five eight was this. Um, you too be patient and stand firm before, because the Lord's coming is near. It, it's telling us, in God's Word, it's declaring, Stand firm. Don't fall back. Don't fall to the side. God's coming is near. Now, how many again believe that? Raise your hand if you believe that. Stand firm. Stand firm. Peter, 1 Peter verse four, chapter 4, verse 7, which was our scripture verse, says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. The end of all things is near. Yes, you're right. They've been proclaiming that for years and years and years. But never in the history of mankind have we seen the events that are occurring right now. Politically, geographically, with, with uh, the wars, rumors of wars and so forth. Never have we been at the point we're at right now with what we see going on in our day and age and as believers we recognize that see the world will scoff at that the unbeliever will say well there's always been wars rumors of wars there's always been earthquakes there's always been typhoons they'll scoff at that and mock that but as a believer you should know that's a sign to you that's a sign just like on the road curve coming up ahead slow down How many are thankful for those signs, right? Especially when you're pulling an uh, RV, uh, a fifth wheel, right? You're thankful for those signs that tell you to slow down. So again, as believers, we have a hope. And that hope is the fact that God is in control of our world. Where would we be if God was not in control of our world? Can you imagine if, if, if it was left where that's where we're going? If it was left to Satan to run this world, and that's where we're headed. Satan is going is to take control of this world in the tribulation, the seven years right after the rapture. But right now, we have hope. The world has despair. They're in despair right now. They look to the left stock market crashing, look over here, businesses, you know, going out of business, and, and so many things going on in our world right now. They're living in despair But as believers, we do have a hope. Amen? Amen? And here, that hope is for those who do not believe, or excuse me, but what hope is there for those who do not believe in the divine Word of God? There is no hope. It's just despair. We have this hope in, in, for, in written form or electronic form like this. We have a hope that we can uh, put our trust, our faith and trust in the Lord our God. Amen. I, I, every morning when I wake up, I just remind myself, Lord, I can't do this day without you. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need guidance. Uh, I've told you often here, Anna and I pray first thing in the morning. We pray together. We don't go anywhere without praying together. We pray a blessing over our home, our children, our grandchildren. We pray a blessing over our church every single morning. I refuse to start a day without God's blessing on my life. Because how many know that when you get into your day... The day just comes at you, and before you know it, it's 5.30, it's 6 o'clock, it's, it's bedtime. You know, You need to take care of that first thing in the morning. Here's the things, so hoping for as much happiness, I'm talking about the unbeliever, as they can find, they turn to selfish pleasure and immediate gratification. That's what the world does. That's what the world lives in. And like you, and like me, such were some of you. I I fit that example years ago. No hope. Only despair. And how many times have have you heard this joke where people were, they don't believe this hell thing, but they would joke with their friends, oh yeah, I'll see my buddy there, we'll party in hell. How many have ever heard that, right? We've all heard that. Hell ain't no joke. They don't take that seriously. They don't understand it. Again, God wants to show us the timeline. He wants to show us what's going to be occurring, and that's the rapture. This next event that we're expecting to see as believers is the rapture. And for us as believers, that's our great hope. That is our great hope. So if you would turn this morning to First Thessalonians, chapter four, verses 16 through 18 we're going to read uh, about the rapture but before i go there you know the rapture the word rapture is not found in the bible how many know that it's not found in the bible you know the word trinity is not found in the bible either doesn't mean it doesn't exist just doesn't mean in that form how many know the word even even jesus isn't really found in the bible in other words what i mean by that is in the in the biblical times they didn't say jesus they said yeshua right? They said Yeshua. The word Jesus, Jesus, isn't in the Bible. It's Yeshua. So we can, if you want to be literally correct on all these terms, yes, you can be. But in our language, we use the word Jesus. In Spanish, it's Jesus. Um, In Tagalog, it's Jesus, right? So many, many, everybody uses that term Jesus. Well, getting back to the word rapture, the word rapture, the original Greek word for this is harpazo. Harpazo means to seize or snatch away. So the, the New Testament is written in Greek. Well, then it was translated into Latin. In Latin, the word for rapture is rapto. So the English comes rapture comes from that root word, uh, Latin word. So it's a transliteration is what that is. That's how we get the word rapture. Okay, everybody, tracking with me? Say amen. amen. All right, good. I just wanted to throw that out there. The other thing uh, I need to let you know is that this word rapture. There are many people that that refuse to believe in that. Did you know that that are that call themselves believers, Christians? Now, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I'm not really going to. Um, have a debate about that, because that really has nothing on your salvation. It has no effect on your salvation. We can agree to disagree on some of these issues, okay, because there's people that don't believe in a rapture. There's people that believe the rapture will happen before the tribulation. Some people believe it'll happen in the middle of the tribulation. Other people believe it'll happen at the end of the tribulation. That's fine. We can agree to disagree on that. The point is that we believe that God is going to take us. amen? That's the point we cannot disagree on. We must believe that. So getting here to First Thessalonians chapter four, I want to read a few verses. It says, starting in verse 16, and I'm reading out of the NIV version, it says, "For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Everybody say a shout.") shout with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. Right there in verse 17 where it mentioned caught up, caught up together, that's the word rapture in the Greek. That's the harpazo. Caught up meaning to seize, to snatch away, to remove. And why is God doing that? Well, number one, the Bible promises that He's coming back to take His people. But... He, more importantly, he's taking us out of this world system and taking us out of the future events that are going to occur. Now, do I believe the church is going to face persecution? Oh yeah, I believe. It's already happening. All you need to do is open up your eyes and read the uh, online, the internet, the newspapers, and you'll see persecution on a mile level. People getting going to jail. I'm talking about things much worse that we will see. Uh, we're going to see amazing persecution, I believe, because... Things that are occurring now never would have occurred 25 years ago. Never would have occurred 40 years ago. So forth. Um, there is the, the... And I'm not going to get into the political stuff. The It's just... They're so against Christianity. They're so against Christianity. Everywhere you look. You look in the newspapers, on social media. They vent. They hate what you and I stand for. Amen. They hate it with a passion. But here again, our hope is in Jesus. Amen? Amen. And He is coming back. The Bible describes it. He's coming back. There's going to be a, a trumpet sounding, Robert. There's going to be a trumpet sounding in heaven. And I believe that's going to be the shofar, the trumpet that they used at that time. It's going to blow loud. It's going to blow long. And in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says... We're going to be translated. Now, now, what do we look like at that point? Well, the only example we have of that is Jesus, right? Jesus was resurrected bodily, bodily. Not spiritually only as some groups would tell you, but he resurrected bodily. And he could, uh, he ate, the Bible says he ate, sat down and ate. Bible says he, he even slept, but he was immortal. His body would never die again. So how that all works, the Bible really doesn't paint a picture of that. Only describes Jesus when He came back, how He was still in human flesh. People recognized Him. People called Him Messiah, afterwards Master. They recognized Him. So you'll look somewhat the same, but I think you'll have a bounce in your step. You know, have a little bounce. Exactly you know, you'll be able to move around those, those extra 10 pounds they'll be gone, you know I believe that, especially when we are in heaven, you are going to have your perfected, resurrected body at that time, but in the rapture, that's what I believe we will have new, new bodies God will instantly translate us take us up to Him. To be with Him. Now remember what Jesus' last words were? I go to prepare a place for you. Each of you again are going to have mansions, the Bible says. You have a mansion as a believer in heaven. And come see me and I'll tell you what my mansion is going to look like. Because I asked God for that already. I, you know, he's, he's preparing that mansion for me. I already asked Him what it's going to look like. I asked them, And how many know that he wants to honor, and he loves you, and he knows what you love already? He knows your passions. He knows your desires. He's there to meet them. So, again, that's going to be an exciting, exciting time. Now, going back to your outline, the central person in the book of Revelation, which is where we're getting a few of our scriptures from this morning, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave this, this vision to John, the disciple, right, on the island of Patmos, the disciple of Jesus. He gave him this vision and he asked him to write these things down in the book of Revelation, the first three verses. And so John again began to write these things down, these end times. But don't forget this, the central figure in Revelation is Jesus. Jesus is described as a coming king, as Lord of Lords. And uh, let me stop there. How many Lord of Lords do we have? One, right? Who is that? Jesus. How many King of Kings do we have? One. One. His name is? Jesus. Okay, just want to make sure that was settled. Here's the thing. Are you looking forward to the possibility of the rapture in your lifetime? Because I believe that can happen at any time. There's nothing in the Bible, in God's timeline, that says another event has to occur. We're not waiting for any other spiritual event, physical event to occur. We're ready to be raptured up right now. Can I get an amen? Amen? But how many of you are honestly looking forward to that right now? In your lifetime? Does your soul long to be with Jesus? Or, on the other hand, are you so in love with your world right now that you don't want to leave this place? Are you the person that's saying, Well, Pastor Rick, you don't understand, I haven't had grandbabies yet. Pastor Rick, I haven't gotten married yet. Pastor Rick, I want to. Or is your desire to be with Jesus? Amen? we need to get our priorities and look at where we're going and what our what our chief what our destination is and get those priorities in order amen god forbid if we have that attitude that lord i don't want to go now because there's still things i want to do in this world let me tell you right now it's going to be much better on that side than it is here amen here we have we have tears. We have sorrow. In heaven, there will never be sorrow. You'll be reunited with your loved ones. My brother Martin Martin will be able to see his mother up in heaven one day. My father-in-law Martin will be able to see his wife in heaven. I'll see my son. Elizabeth, you'll see your brother. Each of us will be reunited with our loved ones. Amen? Amen. If you really believe that Jesus could comfort us at any time, how much different should our lives be? Our words, our actions, our choices should reflect that truth, right? If we're looking forward to Jesus' return, how should our life be displayed right now? Should it be filled with gossip? Should it be filled with Backbiting, should it be filled with slander and so forth? Or should it be filled with words of encouragement, lifting up, praying for people, forgiving people that have wronged you? Amen? If we really believed that Jesus is coming back. Because if I don't believe that, I gotta check my spirit. I say, Lord, where am I at right now? Why don't I look forward to your return? Is there something that I feel that is not right with me? And if that's the case, you need to get that taken care of today. Today. Amen? Amen. So just imagine, you know, if... If the world had this outlook of, Jesus, I look forward to your return. And everybody had this outlook, this attitude of, of uh, forgiveness. Imagine what a better place this would be. Because here's the thing I hear from people that don't believe in a rapture. They say, oh, that's your cop-out, people. You know, you believers, that's your cop-out that God's going to take you out. And that's just a cop-out. You know, that's what they always tell you. But no, it isn't. If you indeed are a believer and are longing to see your king, your God, your attitude should be the best attitude of any believer out there, amen? Your attitude should be one of forgiveness. When you're at work and that person always wrongs you and you know who I'm talking about or you know what I'm talking about or maybe it's that family member that just irks you, forgive them, forgive them. Your choice of words Use wisdom to use better choice of words. Amen. How much better would our lives be if we lived in that realm? Amen. Here's the here's the other thing. May the imminent likelihood of the rapture, may the imminent likelihood of the rapture permeate, permeate your lives. May it just transform your life into thinking of what lies ahead. What lies ahead is the greatest point of your life yet to come. It's not these little 60, 70, 76 years if you're a man, 81 if you're a woman. It's not that little tiny bit. How many were here for my rope illustration a few weeks back, right? When I used that little, I got a long rope. And on the very tip of it, I painted it red, and I said, that's our lifetime in this span of eternity. And then this rope was eternity, right? And we all get tied up and focused on this little tiny bit here and worried about this little bit. When in reality, eternity is what's most important. And what we do here now will, will impact eternity. Amen. Amen. Here's the, in the second point in, in this message is that the clear purpose is a revelation of Jesus to each of you. Jesus wants to make sure you know where you're headed and what's coming your way. There was a person this week, I will mention, that went down to to L.A. and they just missed those mudslides. Just missed that. How many heard about those mudslides? Terrible tragedy down there. Just took out roads and cars were all um, filled with mud and so forth. Just missed that mudslide. But uh, at the same time, that person was going from here to that destination. They knew where they were going, and God protected them. God's going to do the same thing for you and I here today. He's got you in mind. He's got your, a hedge of protection around you, and He's pointing you in this direction. Come, follow me. He's asking you to follow Him, and He's showing us this timeline. Now, I want to read a scripture to you, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, oops, it's in your outline as well, First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 says this, now brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief, everybody say thief, thief. in the night, how many expect a thief at night to come to your house, nobody does, right, you prepare for it though. You, you take care of business, you get an alarm, you get a boxer dog named Max, um, and so forth, and you take care of business like that. But you don't expect a thief to come at night. That's what's going to happen with the rapture. He's going to come like a thief in the night. Everybody say a thief again in the night. A thief in the night. I want you to let that ring in your ears because here's the other thing about that. No one knows the day or the hour the Bible says But we all hear from time to time people that are predicting dates. Don't listen to them. Run. Run. Go that way as fast as you can. If you hear somebody setting a date, run that way. Run away from them. Don't waste your time listening to that person. You'll never hear me declare a date that Jesus is coming on January 20th. He can't because that's my birthday and I don't want him to come on my birthday. Just kidding. He, he, he will not come on a date that we set. He'll come like a thief in the night. Amen? Another scripture, Mark 13, verses 32 through 33. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. And finally, one last scripture, Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 8. Check this out and see if you can relate to our world. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come." Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, what's he talking about there? He's talking about going back to that timeline. He's talking about the rapture and all the judgment that's going to fall on this earth, on the unbelievers. Remember last week when we talked about um, Noah, when he built that ark? There were scoffers scoffing at him. What are you doing building this huge boat for? Well, you don't need no boat. This is dry land. You know He's building a boat. They made fun of him. And he would he would preach to them, the Bible says. The Bible says it took 110 years to build this boat. So guess what he did for 110 years? He was preaching to these people. You better watch out. The Lord's coming. The Lord's going to send that rain. The Lord's going to send a storm. They laughed at him, mocked him. Same thing you and I face today. If you were to have a conversation sometime with an unbeliever and mention this rapture, they look at you like, what have you been smoking? You know, possibly. What are you thinking, right? And that's the reality of what the Lord wants us to know, that He is coming back for His people. Amen. Now here, this is what the Lord... The Lord wants us to always be ready... To meet him. Are you ready today? That's the question I'm asking you today. Are you ready today? If the Lord were come to come back today, are you ready to face him? Death or the rapture could 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 come at any time. Any time. God doesn't want us to live carelessly. He wants us to live carefully. Amen. God doesn't want us to live carelessly, He wants us to live carefully. He wants our entire devotion and commitment at all times. You know, I can't just say, well, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm going to give you, Lord, 90%. I'm going to give, you know, because it's 10%. That's my time. That's Rick time. No, He wants you to be sold out to Him. Everybody say sold out. Sold out. Sold out. That means giving 100% to Him. Because here's the, the secret that I've learned. When we're sold out to God, He just pours out favor upon your life. Isn't that true, Wayne and Irene? Isn't that true, Ben and uh, Dan and Brenda? He pours out favor in your life when you're sold out to Him. Now the other thing that's going to occur in this rapture, I want to talk real quickly. Um, There's a couple of things. The judgment seat of Christ... And the wedding supper of the Lamb. The judgment seat of Christ. So here's the thing. As believers, when we receive Christ into our life, we're saved. Our past is forgiven. Our past is now washed by the blood of the Lamb, the Bible says. We're saved by grace, by faith. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2. But here's what what is going to be occurring. So we're raptured up. And this the next event that happens is this judgment seat of Christ. It's a... It's a judgment, but not really a judgment time for believers. God's not going to go, okay, well, what what did you do? How did you be? No, no, that's determined already. Your salvation's determined. You're already up there as a believer, okay? But here's what happens at the judgment seat of Christ. It's a time when believers give an account of their lives to Jesus Christ. What he's going to ask you is, what did you do with your time, your talents, and your treasures. What did you do with that? And how did you use that in this earth? He's going to judge you on that. Because then the Bible talks about receiving crowns of glory, receiving crowns of life for those things that you did here on this earth. Okay? For the unbeliever, it's going to be a whole different judgment day. Okay? That's where it involves this this word called hell for the unbeliever for the believer here we're not talking about that we're talking about being in heaven it's gonna be and I can imagine it's gonna be something like this you know it's it's an awards assembly really is what it is how many remember going to school to the multi-purpose room and having awards assemblies right I'm sure they have them here in this room but that's going to be the time when Christ is going to reward you for your time, your talents, your treasures. Now, don't get me wrong, works doesn't save you. That's not what I'm trying to say. The Bible also says, faith without works is dead right we have to take our time our talents and treasures the the gifts that god has given to you and use them in the body of christ use them for your family use them in your world that you live in amen so that's what that will be and and i want to read a scripture to you that's describing this 1 corinthians chapter 3 verses 12 through 15 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and it's on the back page of your outline. It says this, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, He will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Receive his award. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Again, what what that's trying to say is that the Lord's going to reward you for your talents, your, your time, your talents and treasures right there. You're not going to be judged and go to hell. He's just going to reward you for what you've built on this earth. What are you building in your life right now? I want you to ask yourself that. What are you building in your life? Where's your foundation, your spiritual foundation? Are you truly... Are you truly blessing the kingdom of God with your time, talents, and treasures? Amen. Now, you might sit here and say, well, what are we going to be like judged on? What, what What are some of the things in addition to time, talents, and treasures? Here's what I believe God will actually look at us and see. Whether we fulfilled our role in the Great Commission. How many remember in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus' commission to his disciples and believers going on, uh, going forward, was this, Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, lo, I'm with you always to the very end. But he said, go and teach all nations. He wants you to be disciples. He wants me to disciple you. He wants you. You are ministers of God. You really are. You reach other people. You have an impact on other people. Not only are you his witnesses, but you're ministers of God. Everywhere you go, you're ministering to people. What are you doing with that? Another thing I believe that he will look at is, how victorious were we over sin? You know, is there something that, that you're constantly battling? Is there something that brings you down? Is there something that you just can't get the victory over? Jesus, I want to remind you here today, is your strength. He can help you overcome any issue. Amen? Yes. And then, a couple more things. How were we successful in controlling our tongue? Everybody say tongue. tongue. Our tongue. That is the most deadliest weapon we have right now. It's not the handgun you got tucked away in your waistband. It's not that. It's not the shotgun that you have at home. It's your tongue. That's the most dangerous weapon each of us have here today. How were we successful in controlling that tongue? As believers, we need to yield that tongue to the Lord. Amen? We need to be yielded because I know this can get me in trouble with my wife, with my kids, and with God. Now, the other thing too is probably that he'll be looking at the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. How was that manifested in our lives? See, as a believer, the Bible says that you should manifest these nine fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says. Goodness, patience, kindness, love, and so forth. All these different types of fruit you should be displaying in your life. How did you display that as a believer? Did you display it? Whoa, did you display it? And those are the things that I believe the Lord's going to look at, and then He's going to give you crowns of righteousness, crowns of life, the Bible begins to talk about. Here in Second Timothy chapter four, verse 8, I want to read a scripture to you. It says this: "Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. Who longs for His appearing today? Do you? Amen. Amen. You will receive a crown of righteousness is what the Bible is telling you. And then the other great event that happens is, is this thing called the wedding supper of the Lamb. How many have heard that the Bible refers to the church as Christ's bride? We are the bride of Christ. The Bible says that He's wanting to seek a a bride without spot or wrinkle. That means that when He washes you with His blood, you are cleansed. You are clean of any stain, any sin in your life. And He is going to receive you. When He comes for His church in the rapture, He's taking a church that's clean and spotless without blemish, the Bible says. And at this point, this is where the long-awaited marriage will take place. Christ and the bridegroom, Christ the bridegroom, excuse me, and the church is united as one. We're with Him as one together in fellowship with Him forever and ever and ever. We won't be like God, but we'll be with Him forever and ever. Amen? I look forward to that day. That is the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want to read a scripture to you. It's in your outline. Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 through 8 says this, For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Did you know that the fine linen, it stands for the righteous acts of God? Of God's holy people, sorry. It stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And that's you and I. See, again, a reminder. You're not righteous and holy because of how good you are. You're righteous and holy because of what He did for you on the cross. Amen? None of us can meet that standard of holiness or righteousness. Each of you need God in your life to give you that. Amen. So, this morning, as, as I close, and if I can have the musicians come back up this morning, um, this is what I want to touch on here. This is what I want you to leave here today with. That our relationship with Jesus here on earth should always be a love relationship. A love relationship, amen? We know He loves us. Jesus came as a humble servant. And died for you on that cross so that you would have eternal life today he died for you the Apostle John writes this we love because why he first loved us let's say that again we love because he first loved us when I didn't know love the Lord stepped into my life and showed me what love was all about how to love how to forgive And he's not done with me yet. That's the best news ever. He's still working on me and all my imperfections, all my shortcomings. And he's working on each of you every single day. Amen? Amen. This includes loving our neighbor as well. It includes loving that co-worker that you don't want to see tomorrow at work. It includes that neighbor that's always got that music cranked up. it includes all those people, loving them. Why? Because Christ first loved you. If I can have all the musicians come up again, thank you very much. We are to be married because we love Christ, right? How many remember and can reflect back when you got married? You were so in love. Not that you're not now. It's probably even better now. It's much deeper though and richer now. But when you first met each other you were so in love with your spouse you would do anything for that spouse. Amen? Amen. You would do anything. That's what we should be. Our, our, our attitude should be the same for our God. How much do you love your God? Would you do anything for Him? Amen. Would you look at that timeline that we had up and, and really pay attention to that? Pay attention to the signs that are happening right now and say, Lord I'm ready. Help me to be ready right now. Lord, forgive me today. Uh, maybe that's you today. You don't feel ready. Maybe you don't want that rapture to happen because you don't feel ready. God wants you to come today and just throw it all down at the altar and say, I forgive you. You're my child. I love you. Amen? I want to close with two other scriptures. Revelation 22 and verse 17 says this, The Spirit and Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who, ta- who, who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. That's what the Lord wants for you today. He wants you to come this morning. And then finally, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20 says this, He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Is that your prayer this morning? Is that your prayer? Do you want that to happen this morning? Do you want the Lord to come quickly? Are you ready for that this morning? Lord, we love you this morning, and with every head bowed this morning, we just want to express that, Father, we desire, we look forward to your coming. Lord, we ask this morning, Father, that, God, you would touch each and every person here today. That Lord, number one, you remind us of how much you love us. Lord, Father, I praise you and I thank you for everyone here. And I pray your blessing, Lord, upon them. And, and uh, church, I ask you right now, if there's anyone here that that wants to make sure they are ready for the return of Christ, I want you to just raise your hand right now if that's you. If you want prayer this morning, raise your hand if that's you. And while the hands are going up this morning because we need to be ready church, we need to be ready the Lord is going to come at any time I really believe that and I want to be ready for him, I want my life to express that I want my life to express that I'm ready and willing to serve my Lord, my God, my King church I want you to stand with me this morning and those of you that that really desire right now just that touch right now to know without a shadow of a doubt that you're ready you want to know in your heart and in your spirit that you're ready just come forward this morning just come forward i'm going to pray for you while we go into a time of worship right now just come forward those of you that want prayer right now lord god in the name of jesus we love you and we come before you father we declare god that we are want to be with you we long to be in heaven with you lord and lord never mind what the what the world is trying to tell us take away from us lord we declare you to be god in our lives we declare you to be the the way the truth and the life for my life for each of our lives here today and so father we thank you that we have that great opportunity to serve you lord to serve you father Lord, I pray your blessing upon everyone here today, every hearer of the word. Lord, that we would be doers of your word every day. Lord, as we leave from here today, help us to be doers of your word. Tomorrow, the next day, Father. Lord, we love you and we want more of you, more of you, Father. Lord, touch each and every person here today. Again, remind them that you love them. Remind them of that great purpose and calling you have for their life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.